0: more like Jesus that is the goal that we should all have in our own lives it's what our journey should be all about it's what every decision that we make every path that we walk every journey that we uh, allow ourselves to begin should be focused on that idea today I want to be more like him than I was yesterday and today that's exactly what we're going to talk about last week on Easter Sunday morning we talked about the idea of the gospel, how powerful that message really is, the idea that God did for us what no one could have expected, no one could have ever dreamed possible, but yet God did it because He loved us that much. And today we're going to be talking about, as we mentioned last week, how to go from surviving to thriving, that God's plan, God's design for our lives, and not just to get by. Not just to experience like one day at a time, but actually to to really get to the place where life is amazing. That's what God's plan for every single one of us really is. But before we jump into that, I want you to turn to your Bible in John chapter 10. And and I just want to uh, share with you one more prayer request and one praise today. The prayer request, we want to pray for the family of Walter Moorfield, who passed away this morning at four o'clock. Now, you remember a few weeks ago, I mentioned his name because he was in the hospital, he was in intensive care, he was very, very sick, the doctors had not given him much hope. And I went to see him, and I talked with him, and I shared the gospel with him three or four times, and asked him if he was ready to pray that prayer, and he told me, no, I'm not ready to do that, I don't want to do that today. And I said, would you just think about it? Would you just take the time to think about this idea, what what God has done for you through his son Jesus? He said, okay, okay, I'll, I'll think about it. And then the next day, Dave Horsley went and visited with him, and Dave led him to the Lord. Today, Walter Moorfield is in heaven because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so what a great, uh, great joy that is in knowing that Walter made that decision. But also, I want to share a praise with you today. There's a young lady here this morning that has uh, been very sick for about a year, uh, has not been able to be here, has not been able to be anywhere really because of what she's gone through. But today... Uh, she's here after a lot of prayer and and a lot of people praying her through day by day and so emily moon where where's emily moon are you here today she might be here's so right back over here emily we are so thrilled that you're here today with us here at thomas road know that we've been praying for you and we're going to keep on praying for you and god bless you emily for being here and we're so thrilled what god's doing in your life let's give her a, a hand this morning What an amazing journey that we're on. Now listen, we're talking about today, we're going to get into it just a moment, John chapter 10, what it means to go from surviving to thriving. And here at Thomas Road, we have always been focused on helping people take that journey of walking day by day, step by step, to becoming all that God intended for us to become. And one way that we here at Thomas Road, uh, going back about 50 years, have been engaged in that process It's through something that we believe very, uh, God uses in a very powerful way, and that's through camp ministry. In a couple of weeks, Thomas Road Outpost and Camp Hideaway will be opening up for our summer programs. And this summer we have about, uh, I think, 1,800 or so kids that will be uh, coming through, kids and young adults, you know, middle school, high school kids, will be coming through uh, our camp programs beginning in just a few weeks throughout the summer. And we are so excited about what God is doing. And I just want to take this moment to share with you by way of video uh, how God is using that ministry to not just, you know, allow young people to have a good time, but helping people come to know Christ and growing in their relationship with Christ. So would you take a moment and watch this video? (laughs)
1: My name is Brandon Reed and I am the uh, Student Ministries Director at Gospel Community Church Rivermont, which means I have the uh, privilege and responsibility of shepherding and pastoring our high school and middle school students. We were uh, afforded the opportunity to attend the Thomas Road Outpost two years ago uh, for the first time with our students and it was a really powerful experience. Um, a lot of them are inner-city youths. Um, they're they're from suburban areas. They don't they don't get outside a lot, right? Like with the culture now, with young people, all they want to do is play these video games, watch Netflix. They don't get outside and get to really experience the glory of God's creation. And that's one of the really beautiful experiences about Thomas Road Outpost is that there's no internet access. There's no Wi-Fi. You can't use your cell phone. So these young people, number one, it, it proves that they can survive without it. Like we can go up there for three or four days, just get away with one another. And guess what, you, you lived without your cell phone for those three or four days.
0: You're up here, away from the distractions of the world, away from the cell phones, and just kind of reflect on God's creation.
1: Number two, the art of conversation is alive. Like these young men and women actually have to talk to one another. And and it just shows the beauty of real intentional relationships and engaging with one another. And I think that sense of community is what helps them to grow and develop. And that's how discipleship happens. And I know it changes a lot of their lives because they get to get out there and see, okay, this is the God that created all of this. And yet he created me also, like look how beautiful this creation is. And he thought enough of me to create me uniquely as well. And I think when that light comes on and they get that it just changes everything they realize their purpose they realize their value and their meaning and that changes the way that they they live the staff is outstanding i mean they're very professional very knowledgeable so engaged not just with like the obstacle courses and the things that we're doing outdoors but they're engaged with our worship time our times of teaching our small groups i mean from start to finish they make you feel loved there The last couple of years that we've attended there have been scholarships available whether it be through our church or through TRO itself. Uh, Steve who's the camp director and Jim who who we have a good uh, close relationship with have always told us that money should never be the reason that you don't attend. If your students want to come we'll make a way for them to be able to come. We had a couple of guys that played on our basketball team that didn't have the money to go. Um, So we were able to find some donors to uh, sponsor them and pay their way, and those guys just had a blast. We were so thankful that they were able to come, thankful to those donors. So that's a great way uh, to support this cause. Even if you don't want to go yourself, hey, maybe throw a couple dollars in to help one of these students or or leaders to be able to go. So sponsorship is huge. With the culture and the generation we have now of, of young people, they're so used to just pushing a button or looking at a screen, a cell phone, a laptop, an iPad, or a video game to have those experiences. It's totally different when you actually experience it, right? Rather than playing a game where I'm hiking, I'm actually hiking. Rather than playing a game where I'm fishing, I'm actually fishing. I think it changes everything for them. They realize how it was meant to be, what it's truly like to live in that experience. And I think it changes their lives. I think it's really impactful for a lot of these students.
0: Now, the reason this morning that I wanted to share that video with you is in a few weeks we are launching our camp ministry. And as I shared with you a couple of moments ago this summer, we're going to have about 18 to 1900 kids that will be coming through from uh, first grade all the way through uh, seniors in high school, Uh, fifth grade and below at Camp Hideaway, sixth grade and above at TRO. Now, of those 18 or 1900 kids that will be coming through, about 350 of them are coming from... Uh, situations where they cannot afford camp. Uh, we're going to be scholarshipping those kids to be there. Many of them are coming from the inner city. Rod Dempsey, I was talking to this morning, and we have 125 kids coming uh, from central Virginia uh, in the schools here that every single week that we, along with a lot of other churches in town, are providing meals for. They're actually on the weekends taking backpacks home full of food so they can have food throughout the weekend. We're, we're providing those for those kids who are hungry. 125 of those kids uh, that we are providing food for uh, every single week of the school year, they're going to be coming to camp this summer. And they cannot afford to be there. And so we do need to raise some money in order for those kids, scholarships, uh, for those kids to be able to come. And we are scholarshipping 350 kids this summer, and that's about, about $40,000 or so that we actually are going to have to raise. And so today I'm asking you, when you leave the service this morning, there's going to be an usher at every door. And I'm asking you, if you can throw a $5 bill in there, that will make a massive impact. If you can throw a, a 10 or a 20 or a 100 that would be incredible. And if you want to write a check, write it to Thomas Row Baptist Church, or write camp on there, throw it in there, whatever it might be, whatever God leads you to do, uh, we're going to raise the money, we're going to bring those kids to camp, and whatever it takes— uh, however, uh, you know, many phone calls I've got to make, I might call you this week if we don't get to 40,000, but whatever it takes, we're going to make sure, here's why, because those children who are going to be coming to the camps this summer, many of them never have the opportunity to do what you just saw in that video, and there's nothing like getting them away from the world for a while and share with them the truth of the Gospel, and let me just tell you, it changes lives. Going all the way back to Treasure Island when I was a kid, many of you went to Treasure Island when you were kids. the thousands and thousands of young people who came to know Christ. It is important, it is pivotal, and we want to make sure that until Christ returns, we are not leaving one kid behind. And so today, if you can help us with that, that would be fantastic. Would you pray with me this morning? Father, today we thank you for your Word. God, we thank you that it brings to life, Lord, your love and your truth, Lord, what you have done for us. And so God, I pray that today as we... Uh, lord spend time looking at your word to help us grow in our faith god i pray that you would lord lead us to understand and to see exactly who you are and what you want to do every single day for us god so that we can't just get by not just surviving in life but rather that we will thrive because you are king of our lives and so god i pray that today that you would illuminate your word as we spend time here God, I pray that you would speak to our hearts and if there's somebody here today that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, I pray that today would be the day that they make that decision knowing that they're a sinner in need of a Savior like all of us. And God, that today they would believe that Jesus is your son, that he died and that he rose again and today would be the day of salvation for them. And God, we give you the praise in advance of what you're going to do in these moments. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Today we're talking about going from surviving to thriving, John chapter 10, I want to read this passage beginning with verse 1, and it says this, most assuredly, I say to you, in other words, Jesus is saying, I tell you the truth, what I'm about to tell you, absolutely the truth, Jesus says, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up by some other way, the same as a thief and a robber, but he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep, By name, And he leads them out, and when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follows him, for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the things which he spoke to them. And then Jesus said to them again, most assuredly, I say to you again, I tell you the truth, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy, but I have come that they may have life and have, that they may have it more abundantly. Today we recognize the key to going from surviving to thriving is understanding our purpose in life, of getting to the place of recognizing and knowing without any question, without any doubt, this is why I'm here. And every single one of us struggles with this question. Every single one of us at some point in our life, we get to the place where we're not quite sure what it's all about. We don't really know or understand exactly why it is that we have been born, why we walk the face of the earth. Why am I here? And so many people just make it. They just get by. They, they just take it day by day because they never understand, they never fully engage with their purpose in life. Now, for us to get to the place of understanding our purpose, it requires a couple of things. And the first thing that we must recognize, we must get to, of understanding our purpose is this, is we have to know, to find our purpose, we have to know who we follow and why we follow them. We have to understand who it is that we follow and why we follow that person. And when we begin to do that, when we get to the place of understanding why we follow Christ... Like what the purpose is, what the point is, what is the reason behind following Him. When we get to that place, what ends up happening for us is this, is that we will truly understand why it is that God gave us the great privilege of walking the face of the earth. And so we're talking about this idea of thriving. Now, when we get the idea, the picture of going from thriving or surviving to thriving, the first thing we have to recognize is this, thriving begins with security. Thriving begins with security. Why is that? Well, here's why. Because in life today, we walk through so often uncertain. We walk through life with fears. We walk through life with challenges, with problems, with difficulties. We wonder, like, what we're going to face today. We're going to wonder if we're going to be able to make it through today. We're faced with crises and conflicts. We're faced with marriages that are, that are struggling. We're faced with financial challenges. We're faced with people at work that we don't like very much. And the reason we don't like them very much is because they don't like us very much and they don't treat us well. and, And we have these conflicts that go over and over and over again. And so we walk through life in uncertainty, like we don't know what today holds. And what ends up happening is we just survive. Our goal is just to make it through the day, to make it another day. That is not why Christ died on the cross. It is not why he rose again. He rose again so that we would thrive in life. And so it starts with the idea of security. So we talked about it a moment ago. We've got to get this idea of, of thriving. We understand that We've got to know who we follow and why we follow Him. So let's talk about the nature of Christ and following Him. And the first thing we know is that He is our protection. That Jesus is our protection. Let's go back to this passage in John chapter 10, beginning with verse 1. Most assuredly, I say to you, he said, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber, but he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice. Jesus was talking about the protective nature of him, of him being our good shepherd. The idea that this, this Jesus is our shepherd leading us and we are his sheep. Now, he uses a statement here, the sheepfold. Now, know this, Jesus is speaking, and as he did oftentimes in the scripture, the idea of parables, and they were left oftentimes back then, not quite sure what he was talking about. And so he used context for us today, he used context that was, that was valid for that time. And so when he talks about entering the sheepfold, let me just give you a a picture, if I could, paint a picture of what that looks like, what that was. Back in Middle Eastern times, around the time of Christ, the shepherds would have sheep, and they would take them out during the day. They would go out and they would graze, and then at nighttime, they would bring them back to a protective barrier that they had built. And whether it be a wall uh, made of of rock or whether it be some type of of wooden uh, fence area, they would bring them in. There was only one way in and one way out. There was a door, a gate that was there. And so they would bring the sheep in at nighttime. They would herd them all inside. Uh, Many times that shepherds would get together and they would actually pool their resources and build a large sheepfold where they would bring uh, several different shepherds, would, would all put their sheep together, put them inside. They would all go through the one gate and then... An assistant that they had, uh, the doorkeeper, if you will, the gatekeeper, if you will, was someone that they hired, someone that worked for them, who at nighttime would sleep by lying down on the ground at the entrance to that gate. So the sheep could not walk by because they'd have to climb over him. And I don't know if you've ever been sleeping before. If you were sleeping there and the sheep having to walk over top of you, you would wake up, I'm pretty sure. Uh, If not by the weight of the sheep standing on you, by the smell of the sheep passing you, you would wake up. And so they would have a, a doorkeeper that was there that would lie down across that. And so Jesus is given this picture, this idea of that the only way in and the only way out was through that gate. The doorkeeper was there and only the shepherd would be able to bring his sheep in and bring his sheep out. Anybody else who tried to get in, no, 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 they were thieves and they were robbers. I was a few years ago, I traveled to Kenya with my family on a missions trip. And during that time, we went out and visited a Maasai village on the Maasai Mara there in, in southern Kenya. And we went to that village, and in that village, the Maasai people, going back for generations after generations, they live in what they call crawls. They they, they build these circular villages that they live in where uh, there would be, all the family would be there and, and they would live in this circular barrier. They would, they would build their mud huts in the middle, but then on the, be- the outside, on the perimeter around those houses, they would actually take acacia thorns and they would create walls that went up eight, nine, ten feet tall of these long thorns that there, and this wood um, sticks that were there to build this barrier so that lions could not get in at nighttime and so the Maasai people livestock is a big deal their cattle and, and their sheep and their goats and so during the daytime they would take them out and they would go out and they would graze and they would, uh, you know, eat all day long. They would bring all their livestock back in. They would bring them through that one gate even today. They do the exact same thing, bring, bring them back through that one gate. And then they would pull across the, uh, the entrance there, the, uh, the opening there. They would pull across, again, some more acacia thorns that were really high. And, and there would be a warrior that would stay out there because they have a problem with lions who were coming in and taking their sheep, taking their goats, taking their cattle at nighttime. And so that's what they do even still today. And so when we talk about this idea that Jesus is saying, uh, this idea that, that, that bringing in the, the sheepfold, if you don't come into this sheepfold, this protective barrier, this, this, this secure place by the door, through the door, then the thieves and robbers are the ones who are climbing over, the, one, the ones that are, that are coming and stealing the sheep. That, that's not the protector. But when we recognize that Jesus is our protector, It goes on to say, but the one who enters by the door is the shepherd. To him, the doorkeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice. Jesus is telling us, I've got you in this protective barrier. I've got you secure. I have got you in a place where no one can get to you. And man, what a good thing to know, isn't it? That when we walk through life, when we face the challenges of life, that we know that God... Because he loves us so much that he has given his son Jesus to be that protection for us. That's exactly who Jesus is. And when you begin to see that he is our shepherd who takes care of us and leads us into that protective nature, into that, that protective uh, enclosure that he has prepared for us, that he has created for us when we recognize that there is nothing outside in the world that can destroy us because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. When you know that Jesus is our protection, you begin to move from surviving to thriving. And so we see this idea, this picture, this This picture of going from survival to thriving, we see that thriving starts with security, but thriving continues in truly knowing the source of our protection. And so that brings us to the second thought from this passage that goes from this barrier, this protection that Jesus is, but then that creates intimacy with the protector. It creates a level of intimacy with the one who's protecting us that goes beyond anything that we can imagine. Look what it says in verses 3 through 5. It says, And he, the shepherd, calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. In other words, the idea is that as we recognize Jesus for who he is, as our protector, the one who has came to, come to save us, then we begin to grow and develop an intimacy with that protector, awareness of his nature, of his presence, of who he is. Now remember, go back to the sheepfold, the story that Jesus is giving. And I shared with you that back in that time, they would pool their resources, they would, they would build these sheepfolds where many different shepherds would bring their sheep in. And when the morning came, when the sun came back up, the shepherds would arrive, the doorkeeper would allow the shepherd in because he knows that shepherd, because that shepherd's the one that pays him to lie in front of that door. And so the shepherd goes in, and the shepherd begins to call his sheep. And what's interesting, and what Jesus points out here, is that the sheep will not follow another shepherd. And so they had no problem with the sheep getting all mixed up and the sheep, you know, getting into that same pen and and not sure which one to follow. And, And will this shepherd take the wrong sheep or the, you know, will he get his own sheep? They didn't have to worry about that because sheep will only follow the voice that they recognize. The sheep will only follow the, the voice that they truly know, that they've gotten to know, that they've gotten to trust. Now listen, when you in your walk with Christ get to the place where you are seeking Him and walking with Him and running to Him with everything that you are, what ends up happening is you become like that sheep where you know the voice of the shepherd, you know the presence of the shepherd, you are aware of who He is and what He has done. And what's amazing is this, is that He knows our voice and we know His voice voice and we don't find ourselves in the situation i'm not sure where we are to go we will follow only the shepherd whose voice that we know so jesus says this that, that, that that no matter what comes in when we get to that place where the intimacy with our savior man we can start hearing as the scriptures talk about we can hear that false teaching we can hear people come in and try to lead us the wrong way we can begin to hear the stories the the ideas that that they're trying to take us in the wrong direction but know this that when we have that kind of intimacy with the one who loves us that we get to the place where the only voice that we're following is the voice of Jesus you want to talk about how to go from surviving to thriving you get to the place in your walk with Christ where you become so aware of who He is and what He has done. You get so aware and so intimate with, with His love for us and, and the power, the presence that He brings into our lives. Man, immediately what ends up happening is this, is that we get to the place where we begin to love life and enjoy life like we never thought possible because we are secure because we know the one who leads us. So Thriving continues by truly knowing our source but then thriving grows as we have this idea from experiencing life as God intended of knowing like why God wants us here what God expects what he wants to do for us look what it says in this passage in verses 9 and 10 it says this I am the door And if anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. One of my favorite verses in all of Scripture is verse 10. I love that passage. I read that passage often. I I, I memorized it many years ago, but I memorized it in a different way. I memorized it not in the New King James Version that we just read or the New Living Translation that oftentimes that we use. I've kind of morphed it into my own little reading of that, and I kind of say it like this, that the thief comes to steal and to kill and to destroy, but Christ has come to give us life over the top, life more than we could ever imagine life more than we could ever dream of that goes back to Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 where we're told that our God is able to do for us exceedingly abundantly more than we could ever ask or think again the way that I like to read that that he's able to do for us what we're not smart enough to ask for and that's the shepherd the good shepherd that we're talking about he starts this passage by saying I am the door remember the idea where there was the only one way in and one way out In John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the one way in, the only way in, and when you have that recognition, when you have that picture that Jesus is the Lord of your life, then that is when you can truly understand that through His protection and through His leading and through intimacy with Him, getting to know Him better today than we knew Him yesterday, the natural response to that is just simply this, is that we will get to the place to begin to live life. Life over the top, more than you could ever hope for, more than you could ever dream of, and that is exactly. Don't make any mistakes. That's exactly what Jesus desires for us. Now listen, this is not some idea of what we see in the prosperity gospel uh, preachers on TV. That, that, that God wants you rich, that, that you, because God loves you, listen, God wants you to drive a Rolls Royce and, and God wants to give you money like you can't imagine and God wants you to be healthy and, and if you're sick, well, that means your faith is, is not there and if you're not rich, well, that's because you're, you know, your faith is not what it needs to be. Don't believe all that garbage. Don't believe that junk. Don't, don't believe those ideas that, that the only way that we can truly live life is by sending money to these preachers on TV, and then, and if we do that, then what'll end up happening is, man, we'll be healthy and wealthy and wise, and everything will be great. That's baloney. I can take you to scriptures, and I can show you a guy named Job that will tell us differently. I can take you to the Scriptures and show you person after person, example after example, illustration after illustration, where they didn't have all the money in the world. They didn't have all the power in the world. They weren't driving Rolls-Royce camels if there were such a thing back in the day. But I can tell you this, they lived life and they experienced life more than they ever could have imagined, more than they could have ever hoped for, more than the rich people of that day. You know why? Because they did it with Christ, and that's what Christ came to do. To help us to live a life where we can recognize that Christ is all that we need. Man, that's the the journey that I want to be on. That's the journey that I want to experience. And that's the journey that Christ, he is our life giver. He is the one who gives us that kind of life. Now listen, this flies in the face of our culture. Because our culture will tell you everything different. Our culture will tell you, no, it has nothing to do with that. It has to do with like how you know, where you grew up, and it has to do with where you go to school, and it has to do with who you know, and it has to do with like, like making yourself better and and figuring out ways that you can get more money and you can get, you can get, you can have this, you've got to look like them, you've got to dress like them, you've got to go on Instagram and figure out what the people are wearing today you got to go find what the Kardashians are doing so you can keep up and all this kind of, let me just tell you something, when you are trying to live life and find joy in life by figuring out what other people do it, are doing and what other people are living like and what they're wearing and how they're experiencing, let me say, if that is your journey, you will always spend your journey on this earth disappointed and discouraged. But when you recognize that Christ is our life giver, it'll change Everything in your journey, where every morning you wake up and every night when you go to bed, you will find nothing but joy. Now, did I say that everything will be perfect? No. In fact, uh, Henry Giareppe said this The shepherd did not drive his sheep, he led them. Christ has gone the way before us. He has journeyed through life's thorn grown wilderness. He knows life's dangers and perils, and the good shepherd leads his sheep beside the still waters. Otherwise, a rushing current might sweep away the the flock to destruction or mask the sound of an approaching enemy, but he does not always lead us in pastures green or by waters still. Sometimes he leads us amid the tempests and down into the deep ravines of life, but there is this assurance in the presence of the Good Shepherd. Is life always going to be perfect? Absolutely not. I can take you this week to hospital rooms all over the city, to funeral homes in this city where life is not always great, where pain exists and where sorrow comes. I can take you into situations this week where families are in trouble and marriages are hurting. But in those situations where people understand who Christ is and what Christ has done, even in the midst of the most difficult moments of life, I will also show you joy unspeakable. Why? Why? because he's our life giver. He's the one that even in the worst times of life, that he is always there. Protecting, leading, guiding, and filling. So today when we talk about this idea of surviving or thriving, it all comes down to understanding our purpose in life and our purpose in life is this, is to be who God wants us to be. To run after the God who loves us with all of his heart. To truly understand and get to know that God better than we've ever known before. Of knowing what it means to experience the power and the presence of the Savior every single day of our journey. Of finding God's perfect will for our lives, figuring it out and getting into that will so that we will begin to travel this road whether it be through the, the still waters or whether it be through the, the beautiful mountainsides or whether it's down into the deepest valleys of life, no matter where we might find ourselves, that our good shepherd is there with his arms wrapped firmly around us, making sure that no matter what we face, no matter what today might bring, God is faithful. That. Is how we begin going from surviving to thriving. That's how we get to the place where we can truly understand. Yep, Satan comes to steal and to kill and to destroy, but I don't have to worry about that because Christ has come to give me life and to give me life way over the top. That's my prayer for you. Father, today we pray for every person gathered in this room. God, because I know that there's story after story and there's journey after journey and there's challenge after challenge, and in every single one of them, God, I know that you're faithful. And God, I pray that every single one of us would recognize that no matter what today might bring, that we would focus on the life giver, the one who has come to truly fill us, God, that you sent your son Jesus because you love us. You sent your son Jesus to die and to rise again so that we could truly live Lord, in a way that you intend for us to live, thriving in this thing called life. And so, God, I pray that today, Lord, that we would get that figured out. And God, if there's somebody here today that's struggling on their journey, Lord, I pray that today that you would bring something from your word, Lord, that would speak truth into their lives, into their journey, to get them to a place where we can truly understand what it means to live. God, that we would figure out what it means to, Lord, to follow after you. And God, if there's somebody here today that doesn't know you as their Lord and Savior, I pray that today would be the day that, Lord, that they find you. Lord, that they recognize that the good shepherd, that Jesus that we talked about today, is the one who who left heaven and came to this earth and he died on the cross to pay for our sins. And just as a shepherd would literally lay down his life for his sheep, Jesus laid his life down for us. But God, we also pray that that person would recognize today that that was not the end of the story. That three days later, Jesus victoriously rose from the grave. And God, because of that amazing, miraculous moment in history, God, that we have the privilege and the opportunity and the hope of knowing by trusting in Christ, Lord, we can not only have life here, but we can have life eternal. And God, I pray that they'll come to that realization today and trust you as Lord and Savior with their heads bowed and with their eyes closed. In a moment, we're going to stand together and sing together. The altar is going to be open. Our team is going to be here. And if you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior, I pray that in this moment today that you will step out from where you are and that you will come down and allow our team to share with you. Last week, we had 178 individuals, 178 individuals last Sunday morning that prayed that prayer to receive Christ in this room. How amazing is that? But let me just tell you, as amazing that is, as amazing as that is, today, if there's one person in this room that doesn't know Christ and they walk out of here without making that decision, then today, that's a tragedy. Because Christ came to give us life and to give us life more abundant. And without Christ, if we were to die today, we would spend eternity in a very real place called hell. But by trusting Christ, we have the promise of eternal life. And so today, if you've never trusted him, if you've never believed that Jesus is your Lord and Savior, that he died and that he rose again, I'm asking you in a moment when we stand to step out, come to this altar, and allow us to share that with you today. If you want to come and kneel here and pray, leave a prayer request. If you want to come here and join our church, come for baptism, whatever God is leading you to do today as we stand and as we sing, I encourage you to step out right now. We want to take this opportunity to thank you for joining us here today. You know, at Thomas Row Baptist Church, since our very beginning, back in 1956, we've been about one thing and one thing only, and that is to bring the message of hope that comes through Jesus Christ to the world. And today, my friends, we recognize we live in a world that's messed up. We live in a world that's full of division and conflict and pain and sorrow. But Jesus came to this world not to bring division and sorrow, but to bring joy, to bring peace to bring hope and today that's the message that we want to share with you and if you're watching this and you've never had the opportunity of of connecting with him at that level of understanding what it is that Jesus came to do then I encourage you and I want to let you know the greatest news you'll ever hear and that's this God loves you he loves you with an everlasting love in fact he gave his only son Jesus to come to this earth to die on the cross to pay for your sins and for my sins to do for us what we never could do for ourselves What an amazing gift that really is. God loves you, Christ died for you, but three days later he rose again. And when he came out of that grave, he gives us victory over sin, over Satan, over the grave. He gives us the hope for eternity. But according to God's words, very clear, what we must do is believe. We must believe that Jesus is the son of God. We must believe that he died and that he rose again. And if we do that, according to Romans 10:13, anyone, that means you, it means me, it means every person that has ever lived, anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And so I encourage you today to recognize that hope that comes through Jesus. And if you've never trusted him as your Lord and Savior, do so today, believing that he is who he said he is, that he did what he said that he did, calling on his name, and it'll change everything. That is the message that we share. It's a message that we want to take to the entire world. And today, I would encourage you to connect with us, maybe even financially through a gift that you can help us to take this message around the world. I encourage you today to stand with us as we stand with truth, as we stand with hope to let the world know God loves.